0: Welcome to Left and White. I am Tyler Reeves. I started this show to tell stories, to explore perspectives, to discuss difficult topics in life and the world, and today I'm sitting with one of my favorite people, Elizabeth Harvey, my ex-wife. We're going to talk about what we went through, how we felt, and what we learned. There's a rule of storytelling, and it's to speak from the scars, not the wounds. It's been about a year and a half since we decided not to be together. Um, and we were both hurt through that. Maybe still in some ways. But I see more scars than wounds at this point. Don't you think?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, from your perspective, what happened?
2: Ooh!
0: <laughs> like, take it back as far as you remember.
2: Yeah. Um, Like, how far back?
0: Um, like,
2: far enough back that it's it's you. It's like now you looking back on the future or like what I was feeling in that exact moment when we made our call.
0: I think whatever feels right.
2: The conversation of kids is what spurred our conversation initially in our decision, but you and I had always said, let's give ourselves one to three years. <laughs> quickly that became three to five. Mm-hmm. And then as we approached, I would say as we approached year four, I started really kind of feeling like I could be in a headspace where we could start considering what this would look like of us having a family. And I quickly started to realize you essentially detaching um, from the conversation a little bit. But I didn't really think anything of it because we have plenty of friends that are like, having a baby is really freaking hard and scary. And so I just thought, we're still young and it's a freaky concept and I get it. And then we got into like having real conversations. We went home for Christmas. I remember that very violently. So uh, this was
0: des- December, 2020, right? Your mom has
2: a, had a tendency of getting us baby books, mm-hmm. right? And it, the, the idea behind it was really sweet and endearing that she wanted us to like have books built up for a kid when that time came. Little did your mom know that these conversations had been happening for the last year. And Mm -hmm. as we were approaching December, you were kind of getting more and more solidified in how you felt, Mm -hmm. which is not fine in the moment, fine now because I respect whatever decisions you make. But we received a bunch of baby books that year, and I just remember the really hateful things that I muttered to you under my breath Mm -hmm. in those moments out of just more so... It was one of those where I was mad at your mom for doing it. And you think your mom had no idea yeah. what was going on behind closed doors. But I just remember how nasty I was to you in that moment. Um,
0: Which was fair, I think. Like Fair, but also not. Because sure.
2: you deserve love and respect like anyone else. But I think that after that Christmas, you and I really started to have mm-hmm. hard conversations. Um, I felt like... You, it was either one or the other, or both of us were crying almost every night. Mm-hmm. When we got home, we got up. We didn't really talk before work because you were up at the butt crack of dawn for very, school. Very <laughs> yes. And uh, and then we'd get home, we'd have dinner, and it would the same conversation would start over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sucked. Mm-hmm. I, I want your input of what that felt like for you, what did you feel in that time? Cause I know that I was very angry and resentful towards you. And I know that that wasn't a fair, it was a fair emotion for me to possess and have, mm-hmm. but it was not fair for me to be attacking you for how you felt. So how did, how did you feel in the time? Let's say leading up to our
1: decision.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that you, you said, because I read, I went back and reread all my journals, which is like three or four, Of the ones ones your mother would buy me every year. Like, I needed her to buy me more because I filled them all very quickly. Over and over, this theme came up of, like, you told me that you felt lied to. About, like, I had said, let's, you know, let's let's get married. Let's have our home. Let's get ready to have a kid. Let's buy that particular IKEA dresser. Let's ask my mother for that particular baby book. I remember going to Chicago and saying, Mm -hmm. like, let me, like, send her the link to it right now so she could buy it. Um... And I think that it's completely fair that you might have felt like I lied because I don't know that I ever said with a level of certainty until maybe like late January, early February of like 21 was when I finally was like, I don't want to do that. I think
2: you may have felt that those feelings for a long time. You're somebody and I, obviously this has a huge thing to do with our story. We love and respect each other 1000% and you would die on a hill for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that you were trying to appease our families Appease this system that the universe has set up for us, <laughs> of like the order things going right, and so yeah. I think you just found your voice.
0: Yeah, because and and to be honest, like as, as true as that is, and it, I don't actually think that I fully knew what I wanted. Which is wild because one of the things that you said to me at one point was like, people know they want this or they don't. Like, that's a, it's a big thing. A person either knows or they don't know that do they want to like have a family. I truly didn't. For reasons that you just said, right? Like, we are, we are raised and cultured in such a way that makes us feel like there's a correct path. Yeah. And if you don't follow that correct path, you're unsuccessful and people aren't proud of you. Like I think about everyone saying like, oh, you know, Tyler's married and like you found that person early on. Like what's 19, 20, 22, something like that. Yeah. And, and how that was, that was perceived to have been the like correct path. I mean, anyone that knows me, maybe for better or worse knows that like I've deconstructed a lot of things mm-hmm. from how I was raised and there's, there's stuff I hold on to that I believe in. And there's other things that I've said, no, that doesn't work. That's not right. I don't believe in that. I don't agree with that for all the things that I changed and deconstructed and, and, and got rid of about who I was raised to be, that one really did take the longest, this idea that I, that I didn't actually have to follow this like traditional path of home and family. Um, it, it took me almost 30 years to figure it out. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a person wanting that path. Like, I, I think the world needs all of us. But there were some feelings that I started to have in, you know, let's say year four, or year five, was almost like an outsider looking in because we would go to, like, friends' houses and, you know, we'd be hanging out and like, we'd be grilling or, you know, the kids were hanging out there. Something about it didn't feel like it was what I was supposed to do. And I understand how you could have felt lied to, but that was never my intention. I was having an identity crisis and that was hard for me to figure out because I wanted so much to be like the dads I knew in my life, to be like Steve Smith or Colin Golden. Like I I wanted to want to be like them, but I just didn't want it. And so as I started to feel that way, I realized that I had a choice and my choice was either to say something to you about how I felt about that and, and it's kind of see where that goes or do what most people would do and just do nothing and mm-hmm. say nothing and then end up being miserable or resenting one another for 40 years and then yeah. you die.
2: Yeah, or both of us, yeah, being completely miserable because of one of us trying to—you and I got to a point where if if one of us made a decision to make the other happy, it would end in resentment. They were such different— sides mm-hmm. that it was like you can compromise and do this or I can compromise and do that and yet one of us still feels like it, they lose right yeah and that's real
0: yeah I it, think it was scary it was, and weird but Evan who you work with I think is in my journal it says oh, um, the Duncanator. Uh, yes he, he said to you at one point um, a kid is a hard thing to give up and it's a hard thing to give
2: yeah something like, and I was like
0: that's really good and fair and so it's one of those things that's like irreconcilable but then people people still ask me to this day like i was traveling this summer and was sharing this story and someone was like why don't you want that like what if you want it in the future and i'm like no i'm good like i i I finally figured it out and i feel good about the the choice that i've made but to some people it's just so wild to want this like non-traditional divergent path and so I feel like sometimes people don't understand that I've reached the conclusion that I have. Or they say, you'll change your mind, or for the right person, you'll want to do it. And I'm like, no, like well, that's just, just not what I want. And I'm glad that I finally admitted that.
2: Yeah, there's plenty of people in this world that don't ever want kids. There are plenty of people in this world that want kids but don't want them biologically. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people that are working every day to have a kid and are struggling. Nobody knows what anyone's going through. But it's this, for some reason, even though all of those examples exist, and they exist pretty regularly in our world, that isn't the thing that people decide to fixate on. And Mm that's, I was thinking about that the other night. It's just so strange to me that it's like, you do, you get married, and immediately it's like, so when are y'all going to think about having kids? Mm -hmm. And people ask that question not knowing, one, if you never want kids, two, if you've been working to try to have kids, Mm -hmm. and the system, or the process of it has been hard and horrific. And painful people just don't know the story and it's just a weird we're in 2022 and people can't seem to let go of it well
0: it's it's doing what you're quote supposed to do and right. that's the mentality i was always in is like i'm doing the right christian thing that i'm supposed to do which is is build a family when to me over time family became not just my own nuclear household it's my community. It's students. It's the people I love that are scattered across the planet at this point. Yeah. And in th- this idea of what family actually means took on a different meaning for me, which of course is a meaning you agree with and you feel as well. Yep. And you want that for yourself. I assume you still do. Yeah. Right? I haven't asked recently. Yeah, um, absolutely. But also, like maybe you've also said, like what does that look like for you and how is it different than what you envisioned?
2: The concept of how I get there, I think, has changed in my mind. Hmm. Um, I won't bring up the recent things that have happened because that's not what this podcast is about, but obviously that shifts the overturning of Roe versus Wade shifts a lot of, I think a lot of women's mindsets because now I'm not protected if I have an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But even pre that, uh, you're on the awful cesspool that is a dating app (laughs) and not to say I, I've met great people that have not been my people, but they've been great. But um, I've been fortunate in that. But you meet – there are plenty – you don't meet them. There are plenty of people on that app that already have kids. And the concept of that doesn't scare me like it used to. Like, mm-hmm. coming right out of our divorce, that would have terrified me. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, my God, I have to take on someone else's kids? Am I good enough to take on someone else's kids? Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be there. I don't need to fill the role of their mom. They have a mom that concept doesn't scare me. It doesn't mean that I'm ready for that right now. I'm not at that place where I felt like uh, I could commit to somebody with a kid because I don't think I'm ready to like be in a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. But the concept of someone coming in with a kid does not scare me. The concept of adoption does not scare me. And I would still love to be able to safely, biologically have a kid. Um, so none of it's changed. My options are a little bit more open, which is a freeing experience because when all of this started, it, it was like, oh my God, I am starting over at 31. Yeah. Am I going to, by the time I meet someone, am I going to be able to have kids? Uh, and so it's a really, it's kind of been a beautiful thing to watch that idea that it could be that someone already has one mm. and that's fine with me. Uh, so I still want them, but the methods in which I achieve that goal are, there's more than one now,
0: which is cool. Yeah. I really been Im- impressed um and and proud of you as you like try new things like going on dates like I remember where, I think we were at, like Sarah's pool one day last summer uh and you were like so I have a, a date and I was like well that's cool I guess like <laughs> good for you uh and I was just like, like I, I think I like went home and like messaged Jacob on on Facebook yeah. I was like guess what and I was like People will, will 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 look at that that interaction and relationship, and they'll be like, "That's weird that they would like cheer each other on in that way." It was like, "I want you to find what you're looking for, whatever that is, and whether it changes or doesn't. Like, I just want you to find what you're looking for." Yeah. Because I couldn't give it to you. Some people would say I wouldn't. I I couldn't. Yeah. I, I, it's it's not it's not. It me. was a
2: huge. It was a. It would have been. I'm gonna start with this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that going into even making this podcast, and I would say going into our divorce, we were very clear with each other that our situation is really different. People mm-hmm. aren't going to get it because we still we've, we fell out of love each with each other in marriage, but we still love each other as people. Mm-hmm. And people aren't going to get that because that's not the normal means of divorce. Mm-hmm. I think you and I had the beautiful process of being able to grieve together, mm-hmm. which is a unique experience, right? We didn't have to do that on our own. But I finally got to the point where it was like, it's not up to us to make people understand. Like, mm-hmm. this is our story. The people that love us are going to get there. Um, but it isn't up to us to make sure they get it. Um, so you were talking about supporting. Oh, yeah, 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 stuff, yeah. And that it was just a weird concept to people. I would say that I probably didn't have the same level of support for you. I think I would have loved to say that I did. And I've got, I've come a long way. I don't know how long it's gonna take me to feel comfortable enough to meet your person.
1: Mm. I'm sure she's great and she's wonderful, especially if she's putting up with you every day. That's what my mother,
2: um,
0: that's what my mother said. Yeah. <laughs> like, God bless her. Can I say her name? Sure. Okay. God bless Megan
2: because I know what it's like to support the little sad human you are, but she does it and and it works for y'all and that's great, but like I did not have the same level of acceptance with you dating mm-hmm. and it wasn't that I was jealous. I think that initially I was just so I still had some resentment towards you that even though I so deeply wanted to support you, I couldn't. I like, wasn't in a headspace where I could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's not fair. That's
0: because I, I mean I, I hurt I hurt you more like I was hurt. This hurts me. But I think that I hurt you like as an actor more than you hurt me. Cuz you didn't do anything that hurt me. You know what I mean? I
2: don't know. I was pretty pretty hateful.
0: I, I mean, be, but because of my yeah, sure. It doesn't
1: excuse.
0: And it, well, you, you made a point that I think kind of leads to like what happens after this conversation of, I do not want a family anymore. Now what? Like There was more. And yeah. we should say what there was more about. But one sure. of the things that was a part of that, because again, anyone that knows me knows that I am a, 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 a sad boy at times, um, that I, I uh, harbor some anger and resentment towards the world around me because I believe that we can demand better. Uh, than the world that we have, uh, I believe that the the call of my faith as a follower of Jesus uh, tells me to demand more um, in terms of of love and acceptance um, and just a reasonable standard of living for like God's creatures. Um, and and some people seem to take issue with that, and that frustrates me. I take on those things, those problems, um, in the world around me that aren't really my problems, and I make them my own, and that makes me very sad and angry. Would you agree?
2: Yeah. You try to carry the weight of the world even though you don't have the capacity to carry it.
0: Right. And this is, again, for those not clear on the timeline, all of this is occurring, let's call it early January 21 till about.
2: January to March. Was yeah, like January a good to March because late this. March we
0: shared with our parents, and then by late April you had moved into your own place. Yeah. Um, and so it would be, you know, fairly quick. But let that not be well, anyone say, saying we didn't try. Good. Like I, I was think that say, we did I, that work. I would
2: say that our process to make the decision was we really f- honed in and focused. We met with a marriage counselor from January to March, mm-hmm. right? You and I have been in conversation about this and kind of butting heads on this for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um. So sure, yeah, the decision was made in four months and people were like, so fast, you didn't even try. Right. But the reality is that you and I were struggling with this really since the day we came home into our home from our honeymoon, right? Like you and I kind of had the differences of opinion on this. Um, But we struggled for a year. This wasn't quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So to anyone who feels a certain type of way about that, just try it in your own life and just see how it goes. Let let me know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. let so, <laughs> us know
2: when you're on the edge of the cliff and
0: we'll come get you. Uh, which, of course, is our purpose in, in, in doing this. I think w- yeah. one thing you said earlier today uh, before we started was, like, having some apprehension about, about about doing this project, but then the idea of, like, being able to share this story with other people, specifically women, who might be struggling. Yeah. I like, for mean, me, it's anybody. For me, for, for you, it's, like, to be... You know, go ahead. I was like, can I say
1: it? Yeah, of yeah, course. Okay. Uh, don't let me mansplain. Yeah, I was like, please deal. don't mansplain the thing I sent you. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> No, I told my best friend today that she was saying like how brave you are to like, and how much she admires the fact that I'm at a place where I can do this. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that some days I feel really great, some days I don't, but I really like the strength and the power that I'm kind of stepping into at this point. And so for me, I'm walking into this terrified, but also with the hope that some woman will look at this who's Mm -hmm. struggling and be like, oh. All right like she's stronger on the other side of this because it is possible mm-hmm. I don't know we'll touch on that later but um, but it is possible to come out even though it's like the thing that feels like your entire world is someone just like struck a match and set fire to it mm-hmm. and just is watching it burn mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: yeah for me it's it's I want people to know that you should just tell the truth <laughs> and, and, and be honest and pursue pursue whatever life you think is the one thats that you're supposed to be living um, because I don't feel that I was on the path that I was supposed to be on and, and now I feel that I am um, and that came from a level of great honesty and great pain
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I would say that the the pain is worth it I think if it gets you where you want to go yeah well telling the
2: truth is scary half the time mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just yeah. gotta get there
0: so one of the things that you said to me that was very like insightful and, and sticks with me and I'll probably never forget it is um, two things really. One was the things that you love the most about me are the reasons it's hardest to be with me. yeah is, is sort of that, that frustration with the world and that taking on the problems that I described. And the other thing was um, I'm often, as you said, at the bottom of this pit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it's something I'm bringing home from school, or it's the news, or my frustration with Christians who don't follow Jesus, uh, any of that. And you said that you had tried so hard to get me out of that pit before realizing that I wanted to be there.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't until post-divorce that I realized I was working hard at something you didn't want changed. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And I was saying about that the other day. You hear people all the time go into relationships that are like, I could change that about that person. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you can't. Yeah. Um. Some may say that it makes me bitter, but I'm like, at people's core, they are who they are, and I people agree. don't change. And so I think people mask and adapt, and that's great, and that's wonderful, but, like, people don't change. And and you, you like carrying the weight of the world, even when you don't have the capacity. And... Yeah, to your point of what you said, I, I said the things that make you a great teacher, a great employee, a great friend make you a horrible husband. <laughs> for me, that doesn't mean that that's the case for somebody else. You could be perfect. You probably are perfect for somebody else, but it didn't work for us. Mm-hmm.
0: And the idea, the the idea that I might be perfect for someone else is not something I realized at that time because I didn't think there were people like me. Yeah, and there are. Um, and I, I really think it comes from honesty and just actually embracing those parts of who you are because I've seen you embrace um, more of what makes you great in terms of like what your independence has led you to accomplish because we are both super independent. I think yeah. um, maybe, maybe even you more than me in some ways. Um, but like I've seen you embrace your independence and that's made you start a new church that's perfect for you and, yeah. and meet these girls in your small group and in lean into some of your friendships that you already had and go on dates from apps on the internet and just like all these cool things that I'm, so, I'm sitting over here and like, she's a badass, like she's super cool. Um, and people just don't expect to hear that.
2: No, I think it's funny. I think people expect you to be thriving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and don't expect me, maybe not, I don't think there's an expectation that I wouldn't be thriving. I think that the expectation was that I wouldn't be thriving yet. Um, or as quickly as I did. Ended up in therapy because I had a friend that was going through divorce about the same timeline as you and I. And she was super sad around the holidays, which was perfectly fair. And that new small group you spoke about was is a phenomenal group of humans that recognized that I also was walking into a holiday newly single and had asked how they could be praying for me. Uh, and I was like, I'm great. I'm actually like really looking forward to not having to split my time and (laughs) and be with my family. And then I I got in my car that night and I was like, holy shit, am I not processing or am I not facing some emotions that I should be? And that's why I ended up in therapy because I was like, I want to be able to meet a person and be whole, right? I don't want someone else to Mm -hmm. have to be the other 50% for me. I got to therapy and she made this great point of like, the trauma was marriage, the recovery was divorce.
0: Oh, that's good.
2: So my relief came with divorce. Huh. Isn't that mind-blowing?
0: I never thought about that. I mean, well, I mean, I guess I...
2: And it's not that there's like this relief of like, I got rid of that sad sack of a human, right? Because <laughs> um, I miss I miss time with you every day. But yeah. um, but it was interesting of like, healing just looked really different. And I think it looked probably different for both of us because we we did heavy grieving together. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah
0: that's that reminds me of the first thing that, or just those conversations with our parents in in march um where i think it might have been my sister who said like do you want to like throw this away mm-hmm. and i was like i I, I, bl- I don't believe in throwing anything away like i so on my this, this, no uh, and us
2: packing our oh. home was clear evidence that neither one of us liked to throw things away yeah
0: right? uh, <laughs> so i'm thinking of um, of. Uh, I went on the civil rights pilgrimage with SMU um, for Professor Jordan's class what, this year which was wonderful uh, of course shout and out Ray he, You're and, well, he's the best um, <laughs> oh, and his, which is funny because he, he asked about you uh, on uh, I think he's like so who's who's at home for you besides uh, besides Elizabeth you know is there are you? animals, kids. She uh, left. And so, so, so I, I, showed him, I showed him my hand, and we're at lunch, and, like, everybody's there. There's, like, 30 people all at lunch together, and half these people don't know who I am. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's fine. Like, don't <laughs> yeah, worry about it. Good. But he gave a – so Ray gave a sermon um, that that week uh, at a church in Mississippi, and the, the title was Throw Nothing Away. Mm. And the, his whole thing was, like, every experience – that you have every everything that you like write for an essay that you think is, is crappy but like don't like put it somewhere like hold on to it for the value that it has hold on to um those experiences and that pain for the growth that they cause and and the beauty that comes from that throw nothing away and i thought that was the coolest thing cuz i was thinking about it in the context of of our experience in that past year
2: it's also a lot like the mosaic quote that you had.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're a mosaic of every person you've ever met. All these things that you that you do and, and believe. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and I think to like go off of that, I thought this of myself. I hadn't asked of me by other people if I thought that I had wasted five and a half years with you. Mm-hmm. I think initially I felt like you wasted my effing time. <laughs> um, and now I'm old <laughs> and starting over. But being a year and a few months out from this, if I didn't have the five and a half years with you, you and I grew up together as humans into the people we are. We grew apart in the process of that. But without the last five and a half years with you, I would I still wouldn't be who is sitting right in front of me right now. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to thank you <laughs> I think I told you at one point, I was like, all you gave me was a shitty situation that I had to figure out how to come out of.
1: Yeah.
2: And I still feel that way um, a little bit, but um, I, I know that without our time together and without the growth that happened in that time and after that, I would hope that I'd still like the person looking back at me, but she'd look really different than she does right now. And this is the first time in 31 years that I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like... You're a cool cat. And
0: I, I agree. I mean, I I learned a ton about about people and about what love is supposed to be and about marriage. And if I think of people who said, like, you don't see marriage as sacred, I was like, mm. we probably see it as more sacred than people who stay together for 50 years and hate each other. So I have a friend who who um, does criminal defense. And one of the things he said to me this over last summer was, I've gotten people out of prison who didn't look as free as you do now. Mm. And I heard that and I got like kind of defensive because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not free of her. It's nothing to do with that. Cause it really isn't. It's not, it's not about you. It was, right. it was the path. It was the situation. It was the circumstance. And yeah, I, I am free from a, a life that's not the authentic one for me. Yeah. But I, I could never like reject or throw away or disregard what you mean to me. Yeah. So,
2: well, I had, this, I had people say the same thing. I had people be like, oh, it looks like you lost 130 pounds.
0: 145, but yeah.
2: <laughs> and and it is it is funny because it's the same, same thing but different of like you and I both look free and like the best versions of ourselves because we were able to be adults and make a decision that was right for both of us, right? And yeah. so, sure, I look – people are like, you look the best that you've looked in years. My body hasn't changed. My face – I still have the good old chunky cheeks like things have not changed and yet people are still like you look the best you've ever looked and I think that's and that is truly just both of us being able to stand up for what we needed mm-hmm. in that moment faced the terrifying decision of divorce head-on
0: mm-hmm. and
2: did it together and respectfully and that is a freeing experience
0: and that's not normal
2: it's you know, it's funny because the more and more people I think about, I hear probably 50-50. Really?
1: Um,
2: and yet, it isn't the thing that stands out because it isn't traumatizing. Like, people don't view it as traumatizing, right? Mm-hmm. Neither one of us cheated. Neither one of us did anything to not be respectful of the other person. We just just amlicab- no, I can't say that word, amlicab, whatever. Amlicab, yeah. We just decided together. Yeah to go our separate ways because that's how we could be the best versions of ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Now, not to say that this went to anyone hearing this, it wasn't the it wasn't easy. No, it it was wasn't horrible. it was it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Right? Like
2: I would, the, the amount of times you and I said to each other this would almost be easier if one of us had just cheated. Yeah. Because we would have had a clean there would have been a clean defining thing that broke us. You and I and I remember this so clearly walking out of that marriage counselor and he said the two of you have you it sounds like the two of you have already come to the clu- conclusion you need to make mm-hmm. but you're you're waiting to be able to rip the Band-Aid off together mm-hmm. and that never happens in any situation somebody is going to have to make the call one morning where they wake up and they say I think we need to do this yeah and then you can rip it off together but someone's got to like start that initial tear mm-hmm. and you and I I think sat in the hardship of this and all the emotions that came with it for so long because we were trying to do, we were trying to make the final call together. And that's not how decisions are really made. Like somebody's got to make the first move, right?
0: Yeah. And it's weird because I, I, to this day, I couldn't tell you which of us actually was like, okay. I I don't know.
2: Yeah. I was thinking about that last, actually just last night of like.
0: Like, I think we both knew, but. To me, to me it wasn't, and I think you would agree, to me it wasn't real until we talked to our families.
2: Yeah, and I think that we, the more I thought about this, mm-hmm. neither one of us decided, we had a trip planned with my family, mm-hmm. and you- It was Easter, an Easter trip. For yeah. Easter <clears> weekend, <throat> and you had said, I can't walk into that weekend knowing the information that you and I know. Yeah. Because I, I saw my parents the week after, which was a blessing to have like, shared that information us made the call, and I went to see my family. That was a blessing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think we knew what we what we felt was the right choice. Yeah. Um, and what what made it real, and actually what may have made it harder than actually hurting each other throughout that process, was not living up to the expectations that that our families had for us, and not living up to the love that they showed both of us. Yeah. Um. And and being welcomed into each other's families, and like that that part was really really hard yeah. Yet there was so much relief once we told them yeah um that to me it, like I, I think it was in my journal that very next day that we agreed like okay we can do it now like we yeah this was this was correct this was good because of that outpouring of love that we experienced um when we shared mm-hmm. was unexpected um but i guess also expected because we know our people
2: that's still like the little Tyler, little Elizabeth come out, and it's like you're so scared to disappoint your mm-hmm. parents. <clears throat> and that was just – I, I know you and I said a hundred times of like what the money that was spent on this wedding and like all these stupid materialistic things that even our parents were like, y'all are stupid. Um, you need to make the call that's right for you. But uh, I just remember my dad looking at us like in the like pure calm Dean Harvey yeah. – sentiment that he is all the time and just said I've never had more respect for the two of you than I do right now in this moment and and that stuck with me and I've had more than one people more than one person Mm -hmm. there we go um come up to me and say I'm proud of you and respect the heck out of you and Tyler for being able to make this call together Uh, and I didn't expect that I didn't expect that from I, I was back at my home church this past weekend, and I had at least four people come up to me and tell me how proud they were of the both of us. And that's real. Those are also people that the only time they met you was at our wedding.
0: Well, so why did we get married in the first place?
1: Yeah, that's a great
2: question. (laughs) (laughs) How many times did we get in fights about calling off our wedding? A few. Yeah.
0: And I think that was, I think we didn't have the... I think we're all we've all both been very mature for our whole lives i think like always both kind of been more adult Mm -hmm. than our peers in a lot of ways but there's a level of maturity that we lacked um that didn't allow us to have the deeper more critical conversations about what is passion and what is being in love with somebody supposed to look like it was for me at least it was being taught Find a person who shares your values, who loves God, who you enjoy spending time with, or as Jeff Line and Google would say, someone you can share a pizza with. Um, gotcha. and, and, and choose that person. Yeah. No one ever talked about the deeper stuff yeah. that I think that we were missing. And it wasn't just the misalignment of, of, of starting a family. It was, there were missing pieces that we never addressed because I don't think we knew how. You and
2: I were together for like eight years. Married for five and a half, right? Yep. Roughly. Yep. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time together. We were young together. Um, but there were all of these things. You were kind of a hopeless romantic when I met you, which I am. I'm a sucker for it. Um, and I want that in my person. And you were very much that initially.
0: Be that, uh, make note of that, boys, who are <laughs> listening. <laughs> um,
2: you were that. <clears throat> and it changed really fast. And when I look back on it, it's like, it was you coming into kind of who you are now. But the person I married and the person that's sitting right across from me right now are 180s of each other. Mm -hmm. And, but like you said, I don't think you and I have, I don't think you and I have the emotion. I know you and I did not have the emotional intelligence at that point to make that call. And I think you and I were both still living in this world of needing to please our parents, please other people. I think – I know my parents because I've heard them say this. That wedding was not you and I's wedding. That was my parents' wedding, right? <laughs> and um, and I just – I think that you and I got into this place where we we felt like we couldn't back out, right? We felt like we had gotten to a point where we, would like – the only way was forward. Yeah. Because otherwise we would, like, shatter and disappoint so many other people. We I think you and I – felt really strongly about not going through with this wedding. We'd already sent out invitations. Yeah. And it was the concept for you and I of like, how do you go back on, you said a second invitation. It's like, sorry, they're <laughs> And you know, like it, it got to this point where we we're like, Oh my God, we're at a point of no return.
0: Yeah. And I, I think probably a lot of people have experienced that and maybe don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And I hope that this is helpful to them. Um, I, someone said along the way, I guess, March, April, um, of last year, why don't you just suck it up and stay together Mm -hmm. and make it work? And I'm like, that's exactly what it's not supposed to be. Like maybe two people shouldn't be held to a decision they made at 23 that follows them for the rest of their life. If it wasn't the right one.
2: I think you and I didn't want that for each other either. No. Right. Like I, I think you said to me at one point, all I want is for us to be able to be the best versions of ourselves. And mm-hmm. when, in retrospect, that meant we couldn't be in a marriage together in order to do that. And you and I finally got to this place where it was like, I, we would rather be true to ourselves and say, screw everyone else who doesn't agree. Because we know that in the end, we were going to be happy as individuals. Yeah. And that became important. I think for the, we made our decision. And for the first time in our life, you and I started to put ourselves at the top of the chart. Yeah. And put ourselves
0: first. And you never do that. No. Now I do, and now I'm, and the, now I'm a yeah.
2: raging bitch. But
1: um, <laughs> No, you're not. Like, <laughs> no, you're not at
0: all because you 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 know what to do differently next time. I know what to do differently. And yeah. I like I think it was probably your mother who said it way, way back, and you've carried it on is you're loyal to a fault, and in one of those things is <laughs> is you you worked so hard to support me through all of the various trauma and nonsense of of teaching and being me and the way that I am and, and dealing with, with, um, me supporting other people, uh, who weren't you, which is unfair. And you did an incredible job of that that you never should have had to do. Um, and you, you, you deserve, you deserve proper partnership, um, that, like something, something I couldn't do it. It's that I, I wouldn't, and I think that 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 wouldn't do it comes from we didn't do what we should have done early on and really figure out like what does deep passion for a person mean because yeah. it's way more than just love because I love you I always will yeah in a very special I mean, way and but there's 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 something else and there's something more that, that people don't really talk
2: yeah it's you know it's funny you say that look we have one of our good friends said to you kind of in confrontation with you when all of this is happening was it's great that you may find somebody that only requires 50 percent of you mm-hmm. and that should be the hard thing to find yet you found I'm, I'm, again i respect the hell out of megan <laughs> but you and i i hope that our divorce has allowed you to at least show up 90% to a person, right? I don't think – I think you're somebody that truly will never show up 100% to your to your partner simply because you want to show up for everyone else. You've met someone that respects that, that loves that about you, that's cool with that about you. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have been the hard thing for you to, to find. Me finding somebody to give me 100% shouldn't have been the hard thing. But our friend yeah. was like, you have to respect the fact that you is that kind of how he said it? Of yeah. like, yeah. You only you only require fifty percent of somebody. She requires a hundred, and that's just different. Yeah. And while I don't regret, or obviously I'm a caretaker through and through. I'm like a, I love serving and taking care of people, and so that's how I saw you. I just wanted to take care of you. Um, still do I don't want you to like die on the floor of your apartment sure. of heart disease because of friends in your family but um, I I just it, it was one of those where you came home and there was nothing you had already divvied out you to everyone else there was nothing left when you came home Yeah. and that's that was hard for me it may work for somebody else it didn't work for me and that's okay and I also don't regret taking care of you I still worry that you like are eating real food and chicken that's cooked all the way but granny worries too so <laughs> she should yeah i think at, at one point i when you and i were kind of in this decision process i told you that i was scared of not being with you and you kind of held the mirror up to my face and I was like are you scared of not being with me or are you scared of being alone and i couldn't answer that question initially mm-hmm. um and thankfully you were somebody that was really patient with me so far um, and the reality of it is that I was just scared of being alone uh, there, there were things that I know I didn't fulfill for you in our marriage and vice versa but is it vice versa or vice versa?
0: I think vice versa is a joke of one of your college professors and stuck. that's what I remember <laughs> okay
2: anyway um, I think that neither one of us were probably fully getting what we needed to out of our marriage and when it came down to it the the conversation about children started it and then the conversation of what you and I really wanted and needed from a significant other happened yeah. i i think for me there was a ton of fear in being alone because i'd always had someone take care of my car maintenance service and my inspection <laughs> sticker and all of these th- my bank account i mean like i truly had never had to be on my own because right. my dad did so much for me um, growing up and I am so thankful to this day that he was a financial planner and he has like set me up for success but you took over the reins when you married me right I married I also thought you were going to be a finance guy and, oops yeah screwed me over on that one no, sorry just kidding. Like, <laughs> you truly took kind of took over those things and I had to figure out how to do all of it if I had to be on the phone more with State Farm in the last year then I really care to and I think somebody here at work asked me if I was going to fight an insurance claim. And I was like, I don't think we ever did that. And they were like, I'm pretty sure Tyler probably did that. And I'm like, you're probably right. Like, you did. I think in a lot of ways, people will probably see you as the villain. And yet, nobody knows in any marriage what happens behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And the way you showed up and took care of our home, you took care of our accounts, you made sure the roof stayed over our head, you made sure that we had the funds to be able to put food on the table for ourselves, You made sure that we were able to travel. You took care of our cars. You took care of our dog. Like you did all of these things that probably most people would see as like the womanly duties, right? (laughs) But like you
0: took care of- A vacuum. Yeah. It's one of those where you're like, I wish you could see how it was
2: at home because you carried the weight of the world. And yet you also, in a lot of ways, you made sure that we made payments on our home and we had electricity. Like you did all these other things for us. People never got to see. And it's not so, like I, I don't walk up to someone like, oh, whoa, 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 but like Tyler cleaned and he <laughs> paid the bills and he like kept the lights on and he got me like I cooked the food but he made sure that we had money to pay for the food like.
0: But he and I appreciate that, but like that none of that matters if if the ways that you deserve to be loved are not being fulfilled, and I think that kind of goes back to both of us not being ready to make the choice we made to be married because we picked the first person that met enough of what was on our list at
2: the age that we thought was that, the appropriate time to get married.
0: Yes. Because we were from the South and we went to church <laughs> <laughs> and that, that can be good or bad. Um, but, but truthfully, I mean like just the, I, I could go on about that and I'm not going to,
2: I think the, that's the, a, the, that that's
0: such a big like trauma. I'm not including any of this, but that's such a big like trauma point for me. Like the fact that still there are people who will judge they will judge this despite the fact that we're both doing great yeah like I I still experience judgment from people who don't get it
2: or that have any place to be judging
0: yeah yeah I
2: I think that the the other side of this is that I think that when you tell your side of the story to people they think I'm the villain and when I tell my side they think you're the villain but (laughs) I I got into I got to a point which is
0: weird because we don't tell it that way no. It's people's I, natural inclination to assume. To pick a good guy or uh, a bad guy. Yeah. So like I'm thinking about people at school because no one at my new school knows you. There were so there are people at school who like have met Megan but never met you. And that's weird because you've always been involved in my school life to the point that was it Yasmani the other day at Target. Yeah Target so talk, was
2: like hey Miss Reigns and I was with a friend from my new church small group and she was like is that weird for you? And I'm like no because those like the amount of Love and time that you and I both poured into your students. You you do a lot more than me, obviously. But like, I was at every school function and showed up and was able to tell you a girl's name when they had makeup on because you didn't recognize them with makeup on because you never see them with makeup on. Like, (laughs) you and I showed up for students, and that doesn't change. And I don't have any I don't have any issue with people still thinking I'm a reams. The rings are like a really freaking cool group of humans. Yeah. Y'all are funky and fun and your own unique things mm-hmm. and do your things in your own ways. And I've learned more about plants from you all than I ever would. Granny, I still have your ivy and it is thriving, by the oh, way. Yeah. Um,
0: and mother still has her front porch raccoons and different things that the live kitties. there. In the kitties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have no issue with, like, students running up to me. Because that means that I I think you and I strive to make impacts on the world, how we can do it, right? Yeah. And so for a kid to walk up and be like, Ms. Rains, how are you? means that you remembered me enough. I made enough of an impact that you wanted to stop me in a target.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm... I'm, I'm you know at school this year and and I get a call during like a happy hour or whatever and and uh one of my you know friends from school is is shouting like tell megan I said hi and I was like it's not her it's my ex he was like boo and I'm like no she's great like it's fine and I sit back down at the table uh afterwards and the guy was like why do you talk to her you don't have kids you have to talk about like there's no reason I was like it doesn't have to be this way yeah like, you can care about somebody and love somebody without being married to them. Like, there's there's so many, like, complex layers to human emotion and relationship.
2: We had very similar situations early on with, like, you still calling. And I think that when I started dating, we did have to try to set some boundaries and, like, learn what that looked like. Because, obviously, to a new guy walking in, for my ex to be as present as you were mm-hmm. was super strange, right? It's a weird concept for people, even though it shouldn't be. And my therapist was like, well, maybe you need to rephrase how you say it of like, you're, you just got out of a long relationship and it was five and a half years. And it isn't until someone has your trust that you do mm-hmm. like a full story because I was running into a situation twofold. I, I have a friend and I have to call her out here because, uh, but she said, you can't tell the wrong thing to the right person. Mm. That, between that and my therapist kind of helping me reframe how I had that conversation I was just running into issues. It just really helped me because I ran into issues where guys I was dating, or even new friends, were getting mad at you, and I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not even mad at him. Yeah. So you don't have the right to be mad at him. Um. And you know, we had my new small group people. One, of, one of my friends in that group, her name is Allison, and she's wonderful. We were talking about plants, and I said she was having trouble with one of her plants, and I said, Oh, I should call Tyler. He can help you with your plans. And she's like, ugh, I so wish that he was just a horrible person. (laughs) And the reality is that you're not and I don't want you to be. Like I, you and I have had to kind of reframe what boundaries look like and I've kind of taken a 12-week hiatus as I've been training to not date. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed, my therapist's suggestion was use these 12 weeks to figure out what boundaries need to look like for you and what they need to look like for Tyler because you all both have your own boundaries and they're equally as important. You've always put me first put my needs first when I would start dating someone I'd be like I can't talk to you (laughs) and you'd respect it and so we've over the last 12 weeks I feel like we've gotten into a little better rhythm where it's like I'm not talking to you constantly but if I think of something funny or a joke that only you're going to think is funny (laughs) then I can text you and that's totally or I can call you and that's fine and so you and I are just having we're having the opportunity to be able to like reframe what this looks like now being especially now being a year out of post-divorce where you and I have I think both healed. There's still healing to be done obviously, but I think you and I are just in a really good place right now where we're able to set healthy
0: boundaries with each other. Who has helped us along the way? I I mean, I would say like initially like Chris and Mary and Sarah, Mm -hmm. who we, who we, who we first sat down with in early January, about a week or two in and told them, Hey, this is something that we're dealing with. Um, and I mean, they've been with us throughout all of that. Uh, for me, um, one of the first people I told was, was Chase. Um, and then Kirk was super helpful, Max and Brian. I mean, just like uh, the, the love of the people in your village and your community that, that, that show up for you and, and truly a special, a special, special place for those who supported both of us without missing a beat. And I think there were different points where like, I could feel a little more, Frustration and misunderstanding directed at me Because there is that truth that like It sounds like I'm the bad guy But even then like those those friends did such an amazing job Of of Being alongside us Through The hardest thing I've ever done Yeah, And so I'm incredibly grateful for them
2: Yeah, Sarah really like stepped in Sarah and I were always friends obviously right But Sarah was the first person that like Called me on my shit To, to say I said something of like I'm crying too much or something like that because I've cried more in the last year than I think I have in the last <laughs> 30. But um, but Sarah was like, the only person that sees sadness as weakness is you. Oh, wow. And she was the first friend that really called me on it and was like, you have friends so you can be vulnerable with them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was huge. And I think that was a big turning point for she and I's friendship. Um, and then when I met my new small group at Uptown. Uh, I walked in in September. I'd like hit another really low point and um, that was a group of women who had been through all different types of scenarios of relationships and struggles and made me not feel alone. and that group was a really unique mixture of 10, 11 women that immediately clicked and didn't have any clicks within the group mm-hmm. um, we always joked like are we obsessed with each other <laughs> and I think in a lot of ways yes because it was such a unique um, experience and we bonded over faith which was huge but that was the first group of people I was at a brewery and left and I think I called you because I was feeling I was in tears mm-hmm. and I don't remember why I was, just felt horribly sad about something and you were out doing something having a life as you should and it was Sunday night and I was coming back and I hadn't planned to go to small group that night and I'm coming down the tollway you had just told me that you couldn't do anything and the next thing I knew I was exiting Mockingbird to go to small group didn't even know and I walked into a house in shambles into a group of women that literally stopped mid-conversation and just stood up and surrounded me and, and hugged me and loved on me and told me how proud they were that I was vulnerable because they know that I hate crying and I would, because Sarah kind of called me on stuff early on about my emotions and with the help of therapy, I was able to walk into a group of women in tears yeah. and in shambles and they lifted me out and they like pulled me out and, and that's huge um, and so it's been really cool and I'm really actually thankful that I can say that my support has been Chris, <laughs> and the rest are all women.
0: Yeah, Chris, um, just being someone who who understands my brain and understands us, and uh, you know is is developing this relationship with with Mary, his wife. Ugh,
2: uh, Mary, your dream. She's the best.
0: <laughs> um, at the same time that you know our thing is not going so great, like that yeah. must have been hard for our friends. To, yeah. to, to see and to question their own experiences. But one thing Chris said to me, because he was, he was very tough on me, um, and yeah. I think that's, that's one thing I appreciate about him because most people weren't as direct with me as he was. Um, and one thing he said was whatever your decision is, whoever you are, whatever you're gonna do, just own it, own it 100%, be absolute. Um, he said, if that means you're gonna figure it out, stay married, do that, absolutely. If it means you're not going to, be absolute own it, own your faults, own what's good, own what's, I mean, to me, that was just, I don't know, kind of, you know, I don't like it when people uh, are very direct with me and are any, anything more than extremely nice, I consider mean. Um, So, so, but I think that I needed that um, from a friend. And, and then Kirk told me uh, around the same time, uh, he said, you know, I've met plenty of people who who uh who regretted getting married but none who regretted getting divorced so just go for it man <laughs> which is funny because and poor kirk i told him this recently and he feels really bad poor thing uh i said kirk you're the reason i got married yeah i was, He's the, do you remember the that? I
2: was like go for it he, because but
0: kirk is great because he'll do he'll 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 support whatever the person seems to want to do more and so i think he picked up on what was what i felt was the right choice each time yeah and supported me in that. You where you were at. and we need friends we need friends like all of these kinds yeah um I, I was i've never had a panic attack in my life except for one time uh and i was at school last year and i drove to canes i got depression canes uh <laughs> and i went back and i was eating in my car before going back into school it was a terrible school year it was that first full year of covid remote learning everything and i was texting my max brian britney group and max calls me and because you gonna know, really tell I was not well uh, and he did that, that centering thing like okay. you told me about earlier where you, yeah. you, you plant your feet, you feel what's around you and he knew exactly what to do and say in you that moment. He just senses. Yeah and, and he and I talked for a little while, probably 30 minutes or an hour just about life and how I was feeling he didn't even know at that point mm-hmm. that so much of what it, the fact that I had like a panic attack that day was because you and I were sorting things out mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready to tell my friends yet. Mm. Like the only ones I think that knew at that point were like Chris, Mary, uh, Sarah and, and, and Chase, I think, yeah. um, that's hard too to be harboring. Like that to me, that was some of the hardest parts was, was to be not going through it alone, but not being able to fully express to everyone around us because we have lots of wonderful, beautiful people in our lives yeah. and we didn't bring, we did not bring them all in. I think, you and I,
2: yeah, I think you and I were just out of it. Uh, Cause I think the same thing often where, Um, you and I put on a mask every day for a long time Mm -hmm. when we walked out that door. Um, And there were a lot of things that we did actually. We processed kind of in solidarity with each other. We processed in the quiet of just ourselves. Um, And we did that because we didn't want the outside influence.
0: Yeah, and I think that was really important too was that we figured it out for ourselves and then kind of were a, a united front in, in saying this is what we're going to do. And that was
2: intentional. Yeah. I mean, you and I had those conversations of like, we're going to tell Chris, Mary, Sarah, and because those are three people that are all wise in their own unique and beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And that is the only input we're going to be looking for. Yeah. And I know for me, doing that without the support of my parents was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because yep. obviously it's just the three of us. Like we are, they're my people, but also really proud that we were, that we did it together. And we, and I think my parents mentioned that to us of how much they respected the fact.
0: I was, I was even surprised for, cause you know, I mean, I was, I was afraid to experience a lot of like judgment from my family. Uh, my mother was, said something like, that. so courageous what you guys have done. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, well, I didn't expect that. You know, it's <laughs> yes. nice. What, uh, what else has been the hardest part of all for you?
2: I think that I recognized how much of my happiness relied on you. That I wanted to be able to walk into my next relationship and be good and whole on my own. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how hard that was going to be, how sad that was going to be, how lonely that was going to be and yet I recognize I think I told you this from the start that like I know that I pray to a god every night that actually hears my prayers and I also know that we love and worship a god that isn't setting us up for failure yeah I agree and that's hard though that I, I quickly uh realized just how real blind faith was and how hard that was because I truly just had to, like, surrender in some of those moments of, like, I don't have any idea how to feel what I'm feeling. We're going to sit here. We're going to sit here alone. If we need to cry over our dinner, cry over our dinner. Like, sitting in the discomfort of being alone and lonely was hard, mm-hmm. and it's still hard, but it's getting easier. I don't know if it's getting easier. It's not feeling as scary.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think that's been, that was the hardest thing for me was processing emotions of how to be alone so that I could be this whole human that I'm trying to strive for.
0: For me, the hardest things have been hurting you because I really pride myself on trying to do the right thing. Uh, And, and I, I believe in a life of service and I believe in taking care of people and, and putting other people for myself and, in so many ways, I failed to do that for you. Um, And that's, it's really, really hard because it's almost like I assaulted my own character in a way. Mm. Um, I also, to me, it's really hard to have lost your family. Um, And even though I felt their support for me along the way, um, I I completely recognize if there is uh, anger and resentment from them towards me, whether there is or isn't, I don't know. But I have to imagine that any reasonable person would would be like, yes, so you're that guy." I know of, but um, they could also be lying to me. I, I just, to me, that's very hard because they welcomed me in and took care of me um, and showed me an incredible amount of love. Um, and to to not get to be a part of their life anymore, um, that really sucks. I miss those little cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they still exist. and yeah no I know uh, not for me though um, I miss like debating with your father <laughs> about yeah. like different things and like it's always in good faith and it's just I don't know the, the level of love and mentorship uh, from them is has in so many ways um, helped me be who I am mm-hmm. even though who I am ended up not being the right person for you yeah um,
2: I also just want to say how ironic it is that the hardest things for you were really really sad right and yeah. mine are like this positive upbeat it checks out description and yeah what a I, like that right there is the perfect example and it, it is still hard to like not have you as a, a partner even if i didn't feel like you were a hundred percent it was still you and I don't spend as much time together. We don't talk as much anymore, and that's that's hard. Yeah. You and I had. I mean, that is like losing. I've been trying to cry. Damn it. Um, that's like the your best friend in the whole world, just walking out. One day.
1: I don't know.
2: Ugh. <laughs> and that sucks, and that's hard, and I acknowledge that. That obviously it's still a very real feeling
1: i hate feelings
2: (laughs) anyway move on
0: um well the next one was what what do you miss so maybe maybe not that one um
2: i do have that i have
0: that one too uh that's
2: that's actually uplifting
0: okay i well i miss i miss sitting by the fire um oh my god i hate the fire I'll thank, but thank you to our parents for buying us that those really nice fire logs that we used for six months. Oh, the interior fire. Yeah, those were great. The outside fire um, being really congested. I really just like miss like get the big the big quilt cool by the fire and like watching whatever show like was Silicon Valley or something like <laughs> yeah. that. God. Um And um, like riding our bikes to Torchy's and Chick Fil A on a nice day and just like. For, for, for me disconnecting from disconnecting from my like work responsibilities and things like that and just having a moment that was that was joyful and doing that with you um, like it's, of course you always you always get those experiences with other people but that's not what I mean I mean like I miss, like I miss having those experiences with you yeah
2: uh, no, that's what mine was it's funny my mine was the other half of things we did together which is funny I I I miss our like Saturday trips to the donut shop. Right? I miss our Casa Navarro and Frankie's trips. I miss, mm. although we didn't really eat at Casa, I miss bringing Casa Navarro. Casa, I'm like,
0: yeah. yeah that's
1: um, a <laughs> them telling us, like, are we
2: ready in five minutes? And you're like, I don't even have pants on. Like, it's going to take me more than five minutes to get there. <laughs> um, I miss going to Lowe's and, like, walking around. Getting, like, cart. one thing. It's in here! Yeah. I miss the hot dog cart. I miss sitting on those picnic tables that were always all chained up and like stacked on top of each other. And so we would sit across (laughs) from each other with a picnic table stacked on top of the picnic table we were sitting at. And so we were like (laughs) looking at each other through the like troughs of the (laughs) picnic table. Um, I miss like going to North Haven Gardens.
1: Um, I, um,
2: it was just, like, all the really simple things and I, I, I did write down. I said, like, the really beautiful thing about our situation is that we made this decision together so you didn't actually fully disappear from my life. The reality is that I could still call you and be like, Hey, you want to go get a little hot dog? And you'd be like, Hell
1: yeah, I'm in!
2: <laughs> and, it, you know, it looks different, but you, didn't, you and I didn't disappear from each other's life.
0: Yeah. What's been the best part?
1: Um
2: i think the best thing in this like last year for me is just actually seeing growth um that i always i always wondered when people were like i've been working on myself <laughs> i'm like <"Well>, that's dumb <laughs> someone do that um because it always felt like there was no measure of success when you worked on yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me but i get it now uh it's it's weird things like I'm so much more in tune with my body and my emotions that I actually feel like an entirely new person my I I feel like when my body needs something or when my soul needs something or when my mind needs something I'm actually able to do what I need because I'm listening for the first time um like I said I cry a whole lot more which I don't love but for the first time in 32 years I really love the person that stares back in the mirror at me I'm I'm proud of the work that I've put in. It's given me an outlook that's making every experience that I experience, whether good or bad, enjoyable. And I think just, like, meeting the beautiful women that I've met in my new small group and also developing the friendship that is so deep with Sarah. Um, it's, like, it's just things that I would never – I just would never trade – any of that for anything yeah what's been the best i think the the question you sent in your outline was what is the best thing about your new life
0: um i think that it's it's that it's my my real life the one that i'm supposed mm. to do Ooh, no. i like that you know um you know i at 20, I was afraid of what my job would be and and would I find the right person and, 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 you know, do all the things that you're supposed to do, buy the house, get married, have the kid. At 30, I'm you know, I'm scared of wasting time. Not that I did waste time. I didn't at all. Mm. Like, I, I, I cherish that experience because it made me who I am. And it's also, what's what's new for me is, like, God, I, I don't want to waste any more time. Like I'm going to take the trip. I'm going to move to different cities. I'm going to uh, have the new experiences, and I I don't have as much of a five or ten year plan as I as I once did. And you know that's probably quite hard for me. Um, yeah. And to me, that's a bit exciting and liberating in a way because I I've come to realize that there's not an, an algorithm or a formula or a timeline or a right and wrong and being on, being on that path now to me is, is really cool and I'm curious to see what I'm scared of and hopeful for in the next 10 years. And one of the best things is kind of imagining like what will you be doing at that time? Mm. And, and, and now I get to see you live an authentic life and follow the path that you want and deserve with hopefully the right person. And I look forward to meeting your kid and mm. being a part of that in whatever way you want. But it feels good to. It feels good to be uh, having my a renaissance in a way, yes. which I didn't really think about it quite like that until some months back. Uh, I was asked, you know, what, who are you? What do you care about? What What are you interested in? What do you want? And yeah. to have the answers to some of those questions and not have the answers to others, um, for me, is a fun little journey to be on.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting that the thing that started our conversation about divorce timing right
1: mm-hmm.
2: is the thing that you and I both post-divorce are the least scared of mm-hmm. because I think I, you and I both for the first time in our life aren't scared of time
1: mm-hmm.
2: and yet it was the thing that felt like it had the biggest grip on life before um I'm in no rush to find the right person for me. You know, I, th- I think that there was a side of me that struggled with this newfound freedom for you with travel and taking the trip. That's been a big adjustment for me because as someone who wanted to travel and take trips with you and you being so tight with money that we didn't. To see you doing that now was really frustrating at first. Really? because. I felt like I didn't get those experiences for five and a half years in a lot of ways because you were really scared to spend money.
0: I think I was preparing for a future that I didn't (laughs) fully want. And And that was really hard for me because I also wanted to be having those experiences, but I felt there was always something in the way, like how do I make sure we're prepared? for a child? How do we or fix this $30,000 $30, sinkhole <laughs> that's 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 under our home?
1: Specifically
2: under your toilet, which I still stand firm in the fact that that was probably karma. Yeah, uh, shout out to the people who kidding. live there now. <laughs>
0: uh, I hope everything's okay.
2: We do. The, that house brought us a lot of joy, so we do hope that it brings them joy. But um, what I was going to finish that by saying, that thought by saying that while it was hard for me at first, I'm also really excited and happy to see you at a point where you feel liberated and free enough and not scared of time and not scared of saving so heavily that you get to actually enjoy life.
0: I'm just not paying my medical bills, that's all. Yeah, just I, be
2: like your papa, just pay one dollar towards it.
0: I got back... Eventually they'll drop it. When I got back from, from Germany, 30 minutes... Uh, from getting home, I got a call from the bill collector for the colonoscopy bill. Like, how do you want to pay for that? And I was like, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in paying for I'd it. I prefer not to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, but literally within 30 minutes of returning to America, uh, it was great.
2: That's real. But no, but like in the same ways, in every way that it frustrated me to see that for you, it also made me really excited for you yeah. um, because... All I want is for you to be happy. I, I, you know, I told people all the time, I don't want Tyler to die alone. (laughs) Heart disease runs in his family, and I'm terrified that he'll like have a heart attack in his home and maggots will get to him before a human can. Um, I don't want that for you. Like, I don't want that life for you. And so it frustrated me, but it also made me really happy to see you being able to enjoy life because sometimes enjoying life for you seems like the hardest task, even when it should be the easiest.
0: so what's next who
2: the hell knows yeah but I think that's cool right neither I think that goes to the time thing I don't think either one of us is scared of what's next we're just like ready to face it because we feel equipped to do it I know that I feel like I know my worth well enough to be able to stand up for myself and just face things head on I still work at like fully voicing that worth but at least internally I know it um, and I think that's the first step, but yeah, who knows what's next, but how exciting.
0: I'm, I'm hopeful about whatever kind of legacy we leave for, for you, building the family that you want for me, doing the type of service that I want in, in the different places and I, and not knowing how either of those things are going to turn out. Um, I just, I hope it's worth our time here. Yeah.
2: yeah. I had a soccer coach that one year he always tried to like assign a motivational thing to our season and one year he did WYL what's your legacy Mm -hmm. and as a high school we were always like why you laughing (laughs) why you leaning like we constantly made fun of it but the more I look back on it it's true like I think it's cool to be able to I think you're you've always been worried about your legacy you as a person, right? But I think that now you have this unique experience to be able to be a little more free and a little more relaxed in life, in general, to be able to actually have a legacy that means something Mm. to you, because you were always so worried about what your legacy would mean for other people, but I think that you're at a point right now, I think we both are, where... It doesn't. Sure, we want to like leave an impact and a mark on the world, but it's it's equally as important for that legacy to be meaningful and important to us, as it is for it to be impactful for somebody else.
0: Yeah. I hope you forgive me for hurting you. Of course. That was easy. Yeah.
2: Okay. But I think that's the uh, <clears throat> yeah. There are still days where I'm like, Ugh, he wasted my time. <laughs> And then I laugh because I'm like, ah, that little string bean could never waste my time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I struggled a lot with anger and hate and resentment towards you, but I feel none of those things
0: now. I think your best days are ahead of you. Um, and I will always have a very special love for you.
2: Oh, thanks,
0: buddy. Yeah. I feel this.
2: Ditto, I feel this thing.
0: <laughs> uh, and I would like to.
2: You have so. Many notes.
0: I can't find this all my journals.
2: I don't. I don't know if you're gonna put this in there, but I just need to point out that Tyler has photocopies of his journals. Although these look like electronic journals, which is different than no, the eighteen journals I, he probably has in person. I,
0: yeah, I went through my journals and I wrote oh, key good. points on one they're, side and reflections space on the other. And side. And they're all
2: dated. They look like footnotes, and then he also has a, a notebook in front of him. But this this document he created is probably fifteen pages long.
0: 21. I was close? Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I walked in with no
0: notes. <laughs> so You did great. There's
2: us as people.
0: <laughs> I'm looking for my closing remarks. Ah, see, so you know what?
2: <laughs> you wouldn't have to be searching for it if it was just in your head. Yeah. Not on your 21 pages? Well. I to for his closing thoughts. Here is some music. while you wait? You got any shout outs for anybody? Booty, 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 booty. I think that's the Doug theme song. It, it is. It is. <laughs> Um, A shout out to Sarah who would literally Fight anybody for me And offers that daily When somebody makes me mad Uh, Shout out to my new small group Who Has been The most incredible foundation uh, During one of the most trying Years of my life So Shout out to my parents Y'all have met me who where I'm at. And even though I know a lot of it doesn't make sense, you you just keep supporting. And <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> so okay. what about you? Do your shout outs.
0: A shout out to anybody that listened for an hour and is still like oh, God those guys pricey, are going yeah. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> we might be. <laughs> Probably. That'll be a party. Um, shout out to, um, man, to uh, Max and Brian and Brittany. Loyal listeners from the beginning.
2: They're probably the only ones ret- that are listening. Ret-
0: returning guests um, over the years. Shout out to Chris and Mary and Sarah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Kirk, Chase, Mother Father and Shell granny that is granny who Steve
2: and Michelle also known as mom and dad for the normal people sure
0: sure Uh, shout out to granny who when I told her that we were not going to be together anymore um, she said something along the lines of well I just don't know about that 100 years old doesn't still haven't figured it out so no hope for the rest of us I guess do you have any closing remarks
2: I think my only closing remarks are that to anyone that is experiencing something, whether that's divorce or a trial in your relationship or whatever thing, it could be at work, anything that makes you feel like no one else is experiencing the same thing, please know that you're not alone in that struggle. And that even if somebody can't directly relate to you, trust the community that you've built because those people are real and those people will let you through anything. And so even if it's embarrassing, even if it's hard for you to admit, know that, know and trust the people you've chosen to surround yourself with. And those those people will show up and the people that don't aren't meant to be your community.
0: And we will respond to any listener mail.
2: Um, <laughs> are you going to create, do you have a left and white email?
0: I was just, just going to make it your email. Oh God, no. <laughs> You're um, going to get
2: lost with all the coupons. Sorry.
0: Um, message me on the Instagram, left and in white uh, podcast on Instagram, or text me if you have my number. Um, uh, if you're a student, hit me on remind, but yeah, if you've got any questions you didn't feel you, that we fully addressed, um, if you have any strong opinions, uh, one way or the other, we don't hear. please keep those to yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you have like a genuine, <laughs> genuine, um, things that like, oh, I wish you would explain more about how blank happened or how you handled blank like I think we'd probably be more than happy to address that
2: yeah I, th- I think to, a, to an extent there are certain things that mm-hmm. we're willing to we're obviously very open books uh, we kind of made that commitment to each other that we would be uh, open books to each other and to people in our community but I think also respect the fact that there are certain things that are only our inner circle knows and yep. we'll ever know and so we hope they our best to answer it but
0: I would like to paraphrase uh, Daniel Levy, one of the creators of Schitt's Creek. It's hard to tell a story that didn't end because people stopped loving each other. It ended because circumstances stood in their way. And that circumstance was their own growth. And that's a wonderful thing. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our story. If there's something on your mind, you can contact the show at, leftandwhite at gmail.com or at leftwhitepodcast on Instagram. This episode's music is Space Dust by Airtone, licensed under the Creative Commons. More episodes and more stories are coming your way in the future. Until then, be good.